Today we're looking at um, celebrating God. <laughs> celebrating God. You know, whenever we think of a celebration, <laughs> sometimes we think of, you know, birthdays that come around once a year. I don't know, sometimes people feel like they come around more often, but they come around once a year. Uh, whenever we have a celebration, we think of somewhere of, you know, I think of cake and ice cream, you know, celebration. So when we think of celebrating something, it is a special occasion. And sometimes we think, perhaps we think of church, and we get together once a week as our celebration service, celebrating our faith. And we don't celebrate any other day. It's just like we, you know, I went there, we, we celebrated, and, you know, we go home. It'd be like my nephew when he was young, um, my brother's um, youngest, and I think he, well, he's probably 40 now, but whenever he was, went to the church for um, Christmas Eve service uh, to celebrate Jesus' birthday, he was all disappointed. Jesus didn't show up. You know, what kid has a birthday party and doesn't come to a birthday party, you know? And so he was all disappointed. So it cut his celebration short because he was expecting Jesus to be there and he didn't show up, you know? So what kid wouldn't come to a birthday party? So whenever we think of celebrations and we think of, um, you know, holidays and things, we, we pretty much put them within the confines of a day, an event, or a, a specific period of time. Well... In, the, in, the, in Philippians chapter 4, uh, it says, in the King James, it says, in the New International Version, Rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. Well, the Philippians 4 in the Message Bible says, Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in Him. <laughs> so when we think of our relationship with God, it is a relationship that is to be reveled in. It is, a, it is one to be um, celebrated. And so we are celebrating our relationship with God all the time. And when it talks about the Holy Spirit, that it talks about how the God, God is promiscuous. <laughs> we would use that word often in perhaps in, a wrong, in another context where someone might have a promiscuous life. But in God, he doesn't, he's not, he's not choosy who he shows up with. <laughs> he's not choosy who he's with. He chooses everyone. So it isn't, we can't be bad to the point that God is never going to love us. We can't be so far off course that God can't redeem us. You see, God is promiscuous. God will come to us and he will, his spirit will touch our hearts and our lives. And, and he wants to be found, you know. It, it's like um, <laughs> playing hide-and-seek. This is just uh, not really like this, but, you know, if you play hide-and-seek with, with, with a child, you know, they'll, go, they'll, they'll stand there and cover their eyes, and they think they're hidden, you know? You know, can you see me now? And, yeah, uh, you need to go hide. And then they go and hide behind something, and you say, where are you? And they go, back here. <laughs> I'm over here, you know? And, and God is kind of that way. Where's God? I'm right here. <laughs> you know, sometimes people have those prayers that in the middle or when, and just when adversity is supposed to show up, he, Jesus, and it's like he does. He's there. And he comes to them and he shows himself, appears to them. Um, so he appears to us in his word. He appears to us in how that his word is to be alive and active inside of us. 
you know, the, the scripture says that the word of God is quick and powerful. It's alive and it's active. It is quick and powerful. It quickens our life. It quickens us to the core of who we are, to our being. And we find that it's, it, it's this way that God wants us to revel in him every day. Every day. In all the situations. You know, <laughs> I've been um, asking different individuals if they noticed my vehicle, how bright and shiny it is. I got one, two takers. Anyone? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's different about it today than the other day? Well, you know, if you have the right tools, things work. You know, and I try to make things work, you know. So I buy these things that are considered, well, it's called a grinder, okay? So even the word tells you that it isn't good for your car. So I have a grinder that I'm using, and I have this pad on it. And I'm buffing my truck, and you know what happened? I didn't wear through it. The buffer fell off, and I ground my paint. That's how I felt. It was like, thank you. <laughs> Things will perish, and they are not that important. So I finished doing what I was doing. I put it down, I put it away, and I went and bought the tool I was supposed to. <laughs> I've been wanting to buy this for 10 or 15 years, you know, but, you know, you can't, spend, you can't buy that. It's just too much. You know, you can make do with this lesser thing, you know, and you're always trying to make do with something. Well, if you have the right tools, men, if you have the right tools, everything works, right? Pardon? Unless it breaks down, but it always works. Now, ladies, buying a sweeper is the right tool, and it needs to be in the right hand of your husband to make sure that it works well. <laughs> I notice the ladies laughing and not the men. <laughs> so we have to have the right tools. We want to have the right... You see, in our, in our reveling in God, in our being excited about God being with us and celebrating God every day, we need to have the right tools or the right concepts the right understanding that everything is not as it appears to be you know I put a gouge in my truck you know and I don't like gouges in my truck but I did it and so okay is there any good gonna come out of this yes I went and bought what I wanted <laughs> and I told Rhonda later all right so <laughs> yeah I got permission later for 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 buying it you know, and I even bought the extra pads, but I paid cash for those, so it won't be traceable. <laughs> Until now, yes, it's, oh, it's that? We're live, that's it. We're live and in person right here. The confessions of the pastor. <laughs> Stay tuned <laughs> for part two of confessions. <laughs> So, but if we have the right tools, if we have the right concepts, if we have the right understanding. Now, what I did do was there, there is a video that, that's on the um, internet of how to use this particular tool. You know, and I watched it. 
And I am as good as it gets in one easy lesson. <laughs> Not really. But uh, so you have these things going on. If you have the right tools and you have the right approach, you have the right concept of what's going on. And whenever we think of our relationship with God, what is the concept, what is the concept we have? Is, you know, he's this big grandfather in the sky that wants us to come pay attention to him. You know, he's this guy that has lots of stuff he wants to dole out to everyone. Or perhaps he's just, you know, well, whenever you, whenever you die, he comes, picks us up, and takes us to heaven. You know, where is all of this, this understanding of God? And it's like we have to understand that every part of our life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, every part of our life is still there with him. And in everything, give thanks. It doesn't mean that it's hard. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's pleasant. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Is it the will of God that I scrape my, 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 my truck? Well, that'd be one of those the devil did it, you know. <laughs> but you see, even if the devil instigates it, God is the one who heals it. You see, there's nothing, you know, if we look at the scriptures, there's, you know, when Jesus calls Peter to be his disciple, he knows Peter's going to deny him. He knows Peter's going to walk away from him. He knows the guys are going to leave him that night and, and abandon him to, to his fate, to his death on the cross. But, and we would say, well, you know, he, he chose Peter and Peter should have known better. But how many of us should have known better? And God doesn't call us because we were going to be perfect. He called us be, because we had a heart that would follow him. You know, I always wondered about David, you know, King David, not this David. <laughs> uh, I always wondered about King David whenever it says that he was a man after God's own heart. I, I've often seen that as a man after God's own heart. It's like God has this man whom God really loves, you know, because God has a heart and it's after David. Well, if we look at that, David is after the heart of God. Meaning that in his own life and in his relationships and all this stuff, he is seeking and asking God for direction and for help. And he is seeking after the heart of God. Now, it can be both ways. It isn't that one is a, 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 a misprint or a misconception. It's, it can be both ways. But the idea is that, that not only does God after our hearts and after our lives, he wants us to be after him. And whenever we're after him, what do we find? If we seek after God, what do we find? <laughs> well, we find forgiveness. See, this is the great thing about forgiveness. God never brings it up again. <laughs> See, if we could understand that failure is, does not define us, our mistakes do not define who we are. Our mistakes are events that we have, we have committed intentionally, unintentionally. They are things that have come into our life, but they do not define us. That's not who we are. We're not the Wimbledon champion with tennis. <laughs> but even if you were, that does not define who you are. Who you are is who's in your heart and in your life. This is something we've accomplished. This is something that we've did. This is something that has happened. But that's not who we are. 
We are a person that was created in the image of God and in his likeness, and he breathed into us the breath of life, and God has this intent for us that is greater than any expectation we ever could imagine. Ever could imagine God has this expectation for us to achieve and to, to arrive at. But how are we going to get there? Remember years ago, you, you, you can't, get to, can't get to heaven in a rowboat and all that kind of stuff. Remember that one? Can't get that. And, and Brad had it, you can't get to heaven in the pastor's truck. Because <laughs> his truck always will get stuck, you know. So we can't, you know, we can't get there from here. But we can. Because God then has brought his spirit and given us his spirit himself into our hearts and our lives to accomplish something. And he wants us to accomplish it by the little steps that we take. <laughs> In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Celebrate God every day. I mean, revel in him. I mean, God is so good, and he's so loving, and he's so kind, and I made a mistake, and I put a gouge in my truck, but that doesn't change who God is. I may fall down. I may break a leg. I may, what doesn't change who God is? I may succeed, and I may have millions of dollars. It doesn't define us. It's, who, it's what God defines us. We revel in who God is, and so as we begin to revel in who God is, that he loves us, that he, he died for us, that he rose from the dead, and, and, and he doesn't just want us to get to heaven, he, you know, he wants that, but he wants us to live a life that is fulfilling, that the purpose for which we live is greater than anything we can achieve on our own. So the purpose for which I live is something in front of me. It's always there. And our sins and our past are always trying to trip us up and put a, put a boundary on it. And God says, forgive your sin, forgive yourself, let it go, because your future's in front of you, and we need to confess our sin, and we need to have a heart after God. Well, what about David? He had a heart after Bathsheba, and he sinned. Well, he got sidetracked. He fell. But, you know, it took a while, but he came back. Got his heart right with God and continued serving God. He had a way inside of him that even though he stumbled and fell, he would not allow that to stand in, in, in the way of his purpose. I think of Saul, Paul. Saul, Saul had, uh, you know, breathing, breathing out uh, threats against the church. He watched, he stood there and let Stephen be stoned. He drugged people out of their homes and threw them in prison. And God called him, appeared to him, Saul, Saul, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and, and he says, well, who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, I'm the one you're persecuting. And then Saul went on, Paul went on to uh, write most of the New Testament. But he also said, forgetting those things which are behind. You see, he couldn't change what he had allowed to happen or maybe he instigated to happen. He couldn't change that, but he had to go on from where he was. And you see, reveling in, in God, celebrating God all day, revel in him is allowing God to continue to manifest himself to us by for us looking at the good, looking at how we can improve, you know, looking at how life is going to be better. You see, we're, you know, that's why Christians and a Christian nation far exceeds anything else because a Christian nation is always going forward. A Christian is always looking ahead that we have, we have plans. <laughs> I have plans for you, God says. 
not to harm you. That's Jeremiah 29, 11, if I can hear an amen back there. <laughs> you know, that God has a plan for us, and we haven't, we haven't met it yet. We have not arrived at it yet. So we're in this process of becoming. And so in this process of becoming, the Spirit and the Word are coming together in our life through how we live. You know? My everyday getting up and going out life, God is there. Well, sometimes I don't get up, I don't go out, <laughs> you know. But everyday life, God is there. You see, our everyday life, God is there. We celebrate God every day. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side. You know, to be a Christian doesn't mean to, that we are a critic. Everybody has an opinion. If you want to hear mine, just ask. If you don't want to hear, wait. I'll tell it to you anyhow. <laughs> no. But you see, we have an opinion. And often, as an opinion, our opinions, are they critical of someone else or of ourselves? God is not critical of you. He's not critical of me. He's not, crit he doesn't, he's not our critic. He's our biggest cheerleader. He's the one who encourages us. He's the one who empowers us. Never anywhere does it say God's, God is up there being the critic. Well, let me tell you how you can improve. and Let me show you where you've done wrong. No, no, no. Let me show you what you can become. Now, do you want to go there? He gives us a choice. And he is the great shepherd that leads us in the path of righteousness for his namesake. God wants to take you somewhere. He wants to lead you somewhere. He wants us to be fulfilled in our life, even if we think it's the most mundane, boring, most pathetic thing on the face of the earth. God has a way of wanting to take us through that and finding a way to serve him. Um, back in the late 60s, early 70s, there was a monk that his um, Practicing the Presence of God, I think was his book, and um, he, he washed dishes. That was his whole duty. All day, every day, washing dishes. And he wrote a book on practicing the presence of God. Because his mundane position of washing pots and pans didn't escape his understanding that God was with him. And that even in this way of this level of life that he was in it was still a place to find god it was still a place to worship god you see that's why none of us can be in a place that isn't a place where god can meet us and greet us and help us and you know give us encouraging and you know when we don't know what to do ask <laughs> when we do know what to do ask you know, ask God to help. Ask God to lead us. Ask God to be part of who we are. It's, it's always there. He's always there. And always be grateful. Appreciate God. Appreciate life. Appreciate the blessings. Look for the good. Look for the great. Look for that which God is going to do. You know, this ain't so hot, doesn't matter. It's still preparing me for what's in the future. Don't fret or worry. Amen. Don't fret or worry. <laughs> What's a fretful person? A fretful person. A worrywort. I wonder why I call it a worrywort. You know? 
and worry, you've got a wart on your finger and you keep rubbing it because, it, you know, I don't know. Worry wart. Instead of worry, pray. Now, praying. <laughs> praying is not, now me lay me down to sleep, pray to the Lord my soul to take. You know, that's a terrible prayer. <laughs> if I should die before I wake, Okay, I'm going to die before I wake. Do I really want to go to get, and I don't want to go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep now. Enjoy your bed. I don't want to go. You, God's going to come and take me. You know, things we teach ourselves and think that we're doing good. So anyhow, praying is allowing ourselves to converse, converse with God, who is the all-sufficient one who desires to lead us and guide us and provide for us. Most of the time, we would pray for something really extravagant, but we're not, then we're not humble. So we don't pray those things. <laughs> and, you know, see how we confuse God? We don't confuse God. We confuse our image of God. Can you imagine going to the Red Sea with millions of people behind you and saying, God, I don't want to confuse you, but we're stuck here. <laughs> you know, is there something you could do here? You know, like, you know, like kill all those people behind us or something you know, Moses, put your, put your rod out over the sea and watch, you know, the winds blew all night and parted the sea. That was pretty spectacular. Hmm. So you see, when we find ourselves in a difficult place, allow God to speak to us to do something that is maybe abnormal for us. <laughs> you know, maybe love, maybe forgive, let it go. Don't think of the past when I tried it and it didn't work. You know, my grinder didn't work, so I went and got the right tool. <laughs> you see, what's the right tool? The right tool for us in our daily life is a, is a determination that God is with me, God loves me, and God's going to take care of me, and he's going to provide for me, and I'm not going to worry. You know, if your test is coming, study. <laughs> you know, if the test is coming, study. You know, if that test is coming, study. Well, I don't have any tests. I'm out of school. <laughs> we have tests every day. That person cut me off. I'll teach them a thing or two. You know, I'll pray. I'll pray for them. God, <laughs> strike them with lightning. May they drive off a cliff. In love, God, I pray that. You know, it doesn't happen that way. And we, you know, God, they're in your hands. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> you know, take care of them. They passed me at 100 miles an hour, and I have no idea why they're going such a thing. Keep them all safe. <laughs> Keep them all safe. Let them see your mercy and grace. You see, let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Let petitions and praises. Petitions and praises. God... I could need this, use this. This is part of my life. It sure helped me. And I thank you that you are the one who can provide it. I thank you that you can help me in this place. You know, while it's, it's not a necessity, God only answers necessities. Yeah, right. <laughs> he will see us through every difficulty. He will see us through every plan. And who's to say God's not going to bless us in extravagant ways uh, beyond our abilities to think or reason? It hasn't even entered our imagination. Now, if it hasn't entered into your imagination, it's kind of big. So shaping our petitions and our, 
uh, let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. So you see, if it hasn't even entered into our hearts and minds, do you think it's kind of big? You know, where the lame walk, the blind see, the sea, uh, the, the Red Sea is opened. I mean, where is the limits that God has? Right here. We create them. <laughs> we create the limits <laughs> because, it's sad to say, we make God just a little bit bigger than us. Not too big, because then, then we wouldn't be able to figure him out. <laughs> you know? So, determined effort. The right tools make the job easier. <laughs> you see, the right attitude, <laughs> right tools make the job easier, the right attitude makes life easier. When you know that everybody's not against you, then we're not paranoid. The devil's out to get me and God don't want me. Got one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. You know, we can't get any better than this. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Can't get any worse. See? That's the kind of attitude we want to sign up for, right? <laughs> no! God has given us the right attitude and the right perspective that life is easy in the fast lane, in the slow lane. Life is easier when we're serving and living for God. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. If you look at us, this is Paul writing, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this message, this precious message, around in the unadored clay pots of ordinary lives. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God. We have this treasure in a clay pot. Okay? I got this story. This was written, put on the internet in 2011. Over 300 years ago, the Burmese army planned an attack to invade Thailand. At the time, the country was known as Siam. The Siamese monks were in possession of the most amazing Buddha statue. Stood over 10 feet tall and weighed two and a half tons, and it was solid gold. All right? Now, what they did was they packed mud around it. They put mud around it, packed it in there, and made it in the image of a Buddha so that when the invading armies came in, they would not steal it. But what happened was they killed everyone, in the, the invading army killed everyone in that monastery. So all that was left was this Buddha covered in clay. And in a few, I don't know, it was in the 670s or whatever, um, they, were, they had to move this statue. It was a sacred statue. They had to move it because they were going to put in a, a highway. And so whenever they, it was a very sacred thing, so they didn't want to destroy it. It was a very fragile thing because, you know, it's, it's clay. 
So they began to try and move it, and when it was cracking and so on, and then a severe rainstorm came, and so they covered it up, and after they were trying to move it around, and the monk went out in the middle of the night to look at it, and he shined a light in there, and he saw through the mud something shiny. <laughs> and you see, for all those hundreds of years, this thing had sat there, and everybody just thought it was a clay statue. But underneath was two and a half tons of pure gold. Now, we carry the message of God in clay pitchers, clay pots. This is the clay pot. This is the clay pot. But inside of us is the life of God and the power of God the blessing of God, the word of God, the help of God, the spirit of God, this brightness that's, you know, that is the dazzling, more dazzling than the sun itself is contained inside of this clay pitcher, this clay pot. And God is trying to help us bring out, break through the clay and break through the attitude of what we see and what we perceive as life and what is fragile and death and grief and, and, and all the things, the good and the bad and all that that goes on to life. And we're dealing with it as if we were clay pots. <laughs> but inside of us is the eternal life of God. <laughs> inside of us is the life of God. And that life, that light can never be extinguished. So what we have to do is allow some of the clay to be pushed aside so that we can allow the glory of God to shine forth on our life. And you see, if we have the right attitude, if we have the right perspective, if we have this understanding that we celebrate God all day, every day, I mean revel in him, what we are doing is taking away this clay pitcher here, this clay pot, and allowing the reality of what is on the inside to come out and touch the life of what we're dealing with on the outside. Because inside of us, inside of us is a living spirit. It's God alive. And his word has touched this life, your life, in such a way If we were pure gold, it wouldn't be enough. If we were purest gold, it wouldn't be enough. But you see, the life of God is inside of us. <laughs> and, you know, maybe t this evening I'll, if I can think of it and use it for Tabby's mom, that her clay pitcher fell away. And the gold, the beauty of life, eternal life, came out and the beauty of that life is in heaven and it is there around the throne of God and that life is in each one of us that life is who we are in Christ and we will never die we will never die we will never be defeated we will have setbacks we will end up on our face but we will never be defeated because in Christ, I am more than a conqueror. In death, I have more than life. In life, I have life itself inside of me. So help me, God, <laughs> to break away this 
picture this clayness of who I am, this humanity, and let me see the glory of God that is on the inside, that you see in me. Let me see what God sees in me so that I can serve and I can love and I can do and I can become what this image is supposed to be. And who knows? Who knows what that is? Maybe it is a Wimbledon. (laughs) Maybe it is um, doctorate. Maybe it is a new job, a new position, a new business. It can be anything. God has no limits. So let's begin. God has no limits. So let us begin to allow God to put our imagination, his, his desire into work. And whether it's a smile or a handshake or an encouraging word, God is going to bless us and use us to bless others. Amen? Let's stand. <laughs> Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in him. (laughs) I mean revel in him. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in him. (sighs) Celebrate God all day, every day. Revel in him. It's like a kid in a bathtub. (laughs) It's like a pig in mud. (laughs) You know? It's just like uh, we're right at home here, you know. I'm reveling in him, you know. This is what I was made for, mud, you know. (laughs) You see, just whatever, we need to revel in him. He doesn't, I've already said it, revel in him. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are so good to us. God, you have blessed us beyond our wildest imaginations. And God, you have a future that is before us that we can't even imagine. So, Lord, in here, in this moment, we just pray, God, you would break away some of that clay that we might behold what is in us, that we might behold the glory that is there, the value, the worth that you have for us. So I ask your blessing. I ask the guidance of your spirit. I ask the strength of your word and the power of your word and spirit to work in us. I pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Everybody said, amen. God bless you.